There's incredible personal freedom in truth, yet we spend so much of our lives showing up the way we think we should. The ways that will make our parents happy, our colleagues respect us, society at large accept us, and of course, the ways that will make us look good on Instagram and social media. In My Truth is the antidote to the shoulds. Be a fly on the wall as my guests and I dive into the untruths we're currently living with and work through them together in real time. I'm Sarah Regalhuth, your host, and as I recently updated my Instagram bio to read, I'm not one thing, but many. Professionally, I run Grow My Team. I'm one of the co-founders of the League of Extraordinary Women, but personally, I'm a lot more than that. Last year, I moved through a breakdown. I also moved through a breakup. I also changed my entire career professionally, sold my company, ended 17 years in financial planning, a lot of change. During this period, I had a strong calling to share what was going on for me, to share it publicly on my blog, on my social media. I don't know why, but I really felt that it was important to open up these conversations and share with people what was really happening behind the scenes of my life. This sharing resulted in a lot of people reaching out to me to have deep conversations. And I started imagining what would it look like if other people could listen in on these conversations? What healing could come from that? I knew that I was healing. I knew the people I was having conversations with were healing. And I really felt that if other people could listen to these conversations, to what was happening in real time, as we worked through things, that healing would come for many. And so on a drive from Vancouver to Colorado, a pilgrimage, I would say, where I was moving my life back to the state that has called my heart since the first moment I ever set foot in there, this podcast, In My Truth, was born. It feels healing and growing for me. I believe it's healing and growing for my guests. And I feel that there will be healing and growing for you, my listeners. So let's dive in. Quick disclaimer before we dive in, what we talk about on In My Truth tends to be very raw and can be triggering. I have included in the show notes links to resources and places where you can get support and help if you do find yourself triggered by what we talk about. Welcome everyone back to In My Truth. It has been quite a while between uh, releasing episodes, although I've just released a flood of backdated stuff, but it's been a while between recording, I should say. So I haven't recorded an episode since, I don't even know, a few months. So it's really nice to be back on air. And I have with me today, my guest, (laughs) who is the reason I haven't recorded for a little while. And we thought it would be a fun way. (laughs) We thought it'd be a fun way to, to get started again. But my guest is dear friend of mine, Zoe Winther who is the editor and producer and all the different amazing titles of this podcast. Um, And my darling Zoe, I love you. Tell us a little bit about you and then we'll dive into where you've been at um, and why we haven't released for a while, because this is a, this is a Mm -hmm. co-created podcast. I feel we've been working on it together the whole time. So I, yeah. Anyway, tell us about you. Tell us what you do. Give us a bit of background, and then we'll jump into some conversation. Well, obviously, I'm the I'm the podcast biggest fan because I listen to every episode <laughs> like three times, <laughs> and it's been absolutely amazing and and really an important step for my personal journey. I think just being involved with it. But along with editing this podcast, I have Pickford Media, which traditionally 
we do video production, but that's been a little bit hard given the fun isolation circumstances we're in right now. So I'm just working out, doing a bit of like YouTube channel stuff. And then I also do a little bit of writing. So this is, it feels unnatural for me to introduce myself as not like in a business context, but... (laughs) Um, I'm coming to terms with like, I'm an artist. I, I do stuff like that as well. So yeah, two sides. You do. You're amazingly talented artist. I love your writing. Sometime oh. last year, or I think it was last year, you wrote one of the most profound pieces of poetry that I've ever read and oh, it just wow. tugged at my heart and I published it on my Instagram. It was so, so beautiful. I should have, I should have got that ready to read, but anyhow, no, um, well, it's actually- we can link to it in the show notes. No, that's actually a really important bit of poetry for me as well, because it's called my box and it, I actually wrote it to my ex-partner about how I was feeling because I just didn't feel like I could express it in any other way and it was just how I was feeling about not meeting his expectation and like just just see me just see me how I am I can't keep trying to fit into a box that I can't fit into anymore so Mm. Yes, it is a profound piece of writing. We will, we will, we will link to it in the show notes. So I highly recommend people taking a read. But it um, spoke to me because I've also been in the situation in the past where I left my marriage, and you know, a lot of it resonated with me um, Mm. and other relationships I've been in. And you know, the the amount of work I've done now, I see that it's up to me to show up Mm -hmm. as myself and in my truth and to move away from people who maybe want me to be a certain way and move toward people who accept and love and resonate with me as I am. Um, but that's a journey, you know, and I know, I know that many of us go on that journey. So yeah. Thank you for that piece of writing because it's really was beautiful. And a lot of people, I think it resonated with, I remember when I shared it and it just got a lot of attention and people commented, but people also direct messaged me and called me and were just like, whoa. So Mm. yeah. Oh, that's so nice to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's go back to why we haven't been recording (laughs) for a while because that's the the uncomfortable um, truth that we can talk about. It's really not, I don't even care, but I mean, it's a great story, I think. And I have my, my, um, my parts of the story, but what's been up for you, girl? Where have you been? Um, well, it's really the last 18 months, I would say, has been super difficult for me. Um, and I haven't really shared it at all. So I'd love to just kind of like go back and talk it all through. Please do, please do. I feel ready to just release it, I suppose. Like I'm someone who, I mean, I do obviously write, but I keep so much inside and even journaling and things like I just sent out a newsletter where I said like for the last five months I didn't even journal I was just so afraid of where my brain would go and even things like I I would just feel like every silence with a podcast or a YouTube video or something like I was just I wasn't even listening to music like I just didn't want to let my brain wander because I was so afraid of where it was going. So that was probably like August, September last year. 
Um, and I decided to go on a little road trip um, to force myself to deal with things. Um, I feel like that might have been around the last time we yeah, spoke, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then... Like for a few days, <laughs> it went really well. And I was like, really just considering like what my last year had been like um, and just working on things like my re relationships with everyone, really, my family. Um, but then it just got way too much for me. And it just was like, I fully was drowning in it. And I was felt so alone because I had chosen to isolate myself but it was like I was just drowning and no one could see me and I couldn't call out for help to anyone because I was so very alone and then there were all the bushfires in Australia and it just got way too much for me and I ended up back in my lovely parents home and so so grateful to have them here for me but I guess the previous year to going on that road trip um, so, previous, oh, okay, it, it's a while, we'll, we'll just go all the way back. Basically, I got married, and it wasn't something that I thought was really important to me. I thought I was going to be with my partner forever anyway. I just loved him so much, but it was very important Maybe not to him, but to his family, because he's raised very religious, very religious family. Um, he's raised a witness, Jehovah's Witness, so they're very, very traditional, very, um, like I basically wasn't allowed to go to their house unless we were officially married and things to that extent. Mm. So, yeah, so marriage, I, I thought, it's not this big of a deal to me but it's very very important to him and his family so of course I will do that for him I love him I'll do anything essentially um and then it just got closer and closer to this date because we were going over to Perth to see his family and it was really important we were married by such and such date and as it got closer it just felt like all of my wishes I guess like my the whole thing was, oh, I'll never get married unless it's in Las Vegas with an Elvis impersonator and, like, things like that. <laughs> and then when that <laughs> wasn't going to be possible, like, we left it too late. Um, then it was, like, I had found this old diary I'd written when I was a kid and it was, like, in the backyard while the sun is setting and I'm going to have a dress with a tulip on it. And I was, like, this is so silly, but how special would it be to honour my eight-year-old's ideal version of a wedding and silly things like this but it just it just kept like we just weren't doing it and I fully take responsibility for that as well but it really felt like he just didn't care <laughs> and then so we ended up getting married just at like the town hall we had well like eight people including us there and it was beautiful and um we had a really big no, not a piss up, but um, <laughs> trying to think of a nicer word to say that. A really nice reception, I guess, with our close friends and family. Um, but also his parents um, didn't even come over for it. So they're Perth, we're Melbourne. And just things like that. And I just felt like I'm doing this massive thing for you. And I felt so unappreciated. I just felt 
like what I had done and I know that's probably not the best way to look at it but what I had done didn't mean anything so I had all these kinds of emotions and I was like like I can't believe you let me get married like (laughs) so stupid and so then I had all these crazy emotions happening and then at the same time period work was just so busy and out of out of control and, and you guys work together as yes, well yeah right? exactly and yep. yeah work was just insane um and to his credit during all of this he was and he was keeping us afloat and it was also right about the time where you left wealth enhancers so I just felt like not that you and I are extremely close but it was like I really look up to you and I still do and I did then. I really value women in business and you were like one of those people for me and I was like, man, like everyone is just going away. There's so many men in my life now. Very, I love the feminine energy and it was so masculine. So that was playing on my mind as well. And anyway, I just got to a point where I don't want to say I was suicidal but it was pretty bad suicidal thoughts perhaps um and so a friend just invited me to Perth and I was like well fuck it like I basically don't see the point of living I have some money not that much but like if I don't want to live anymore I'll just spend it all on this trip who cares um just as kind of a last resort, I guess. Like, I'm just going to go and get some love off her. And yeah. I, okay. Side note I can't believe more people don't cry in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> people do. <laughs> I, really, I don't notice it when I'm editing. They must hide it well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I was in this really bad place. Um, and. I actually, while I was in Perth, I saw Cher in concert and it was just like, she, she came out and she was singing this song, um, I'm Strong Enough to Live Without You. And I was like, damn, that is she singing right to me right now? Like, I have to be strong enough. Regardless what happens with my relationship, I'm going to be strong enough to survive. I'm gonna, is it okay if I mention Finn in a negative light? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do whatever you want, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so I came back and I was still working with with Wealth Enhancers and with your ex, Finn. And he was in Melbourne and on a kind of rare occasion to see him in person. And we hung out a bit and we went on this big walk and I told him all this stuff that was going on, like things I had never told anyone. And... He and a lot of it around like how I felt like I'd been let down by men in my life, and he was so sweet and sorry, I'm gonna cry now. He was so just lovely, and he said, You know, like we'll work through it. And he was saying how he would he could be an example of a man in my life that wouldn't let me down and we could work through it and just like little steps whatever I needed and then I basically never heard from Finn again and when um 
when we stopped working with Wealth Enhancers, he, um, it was all through my partner. Like, he never spoke to me about it, and he has never spoken to me about it, and obviously that is something I'm holding on to and haven't processed well. Um, but that was really... I'm sorry, babe. No, it's... So I've, I've just been, in, like, for a year in this mindset of, like, every man is going to let me down, like, and I know there's a lot of that confirmation bias there, um, but, yeah, that's just where I was at the end of last year, and then at the start of 2019, a friend of mine, um, she committed suicide, Mm -hmm. and wasn't a close friend of mine, but, um, I'd gone to school with her, and we'd had a really similar life. Like we'd both um, lived like rural Victoria. We both studied journalism at uni, both writers. So a lot of similarities. And when I found that out, and especially because so recently I'd been feeling so down, I just was in that place of why am I still here? She was so just like to me so perfect and I'm not but I'm the one who's here. And so that really, really impacted me as well. And I think just all of these feelings combined, I just, and not feeling seen by my partner, it was just, I couldn't keep doing it. Mm. (laughs) So, um... Like, I absolutely love this guy and I always will, but just recently um, we've had a, a big fight and we're, we're taking some time and it's the first time since we've met that we've not spoken every day and that's really tough as well, but <laughs> that's where I am basically. But So, yeah, by the end of last year when I took my little trip and I was just like, fuck everything (laughs) I need to work on my mental health a little bit um and I just got really really deep into it and the podcast I was like I can't do any work right now (laughs) and I you reached out a lot and I was so appreciative of just those messages of love and I so desperately wanted to respond but it was just, it was too hard for me at the time. Mm, I love you, sister. It's perfect as it is. <laughs> so all that to say, I'm really sorry that the <laughs> podcast has been gone for so long. <laughs> well, it's exciting to be back, oh. but, you know, there's always gifts and um, there's a few gifts for me in the journey. And, and firstly, I actually, before I even dive into that, I just want to acknowledge you for sharing all that. Like, thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank so you much. for this. And- for this space as well because I feel very safe to do it with you and thank you it's so beautiful and you know I know that you know because you listen to all these podcasts and because you've known me for I don't know we've known each other for like a long time now it's been a really like eight years or something maybe I think so seven or eight yeah so you know that I've had a similar journey and many of my own struggles Mm. unless I'm different but like yeah I mean there's so much there's so much resonance and 
I remember exchanging messages with you sometimes last year and we were both just like, there's so much pain. Like where does it all come from and where do we put it? And, you know, we were both just in it and Mm. it was hard at times. And I'm grateful for your friendship and your support and your words and your gifts to the world because they help me a lot as well. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much, love. Mm. Um, and yeah, so back to the gifts that have come for me. Um, it's really interesting because I, I love podcasting ever since I did it. It's like one of my favoriteest things to do, but I do this podcast for no other reason than the universe told me to do it. So I just mm. started doing it. Um, and I had something that I wanted to work on for a podcast for my business, for Grow My Team. And it's a podcast called Conscious Culture that I've been working on for a long time, which when I say working on it, I didn't really do anything. I just came up with the idea and thought about it a lot. (laughs) But for some reason I wasn't launching it and I was kind of, you know, I was very called to this and to doing this work and it seemed easier. Um, But it turned out to all be perfect because when when you dropped offline and I wasn't, I wasn't sure. I mean, I knew exactly what was going on. Like I am connected to you at a soul level. I mm-hmm. knew exactly what was going on and I had no issues. I just wanted you to know that I loved you, but I didn't know when you were going to come back. And after a little while I was like, okay, I think it's going to be like more than a week or two. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just sat with that for a while. And then after some more weeks passed, I was like, I was missing recording and mm. I still recorded a bunch after, um, you know, after we hadn't been in contact, but then I got to the point where I was like, oh, I probably should stop recording that. So then I was missing recording and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do conscious culture. Mm. And so the gift for me is that it like, I got out of my own way to launch something that um, I'm really excited about from a commercial perspective and to feed into my business. So that's, that's super exciting as well. But there was another gift, which was just trust, surrender and patience Mm. And it was an experience for me of knowing, like, I just knew that I knew exactly what you were going through and where you're at. I was very worried about you. Um, I knew you were in a really dark place and I was worried about you, but, mm-hmm. um, I also just knew that you needed to do what you needed to do and that you would come back. And I, I remember this moment where I, um, cause Zozo, Darlene has all my logins. So there was nothing I could do with this podcast. Mm. And I remember at this point, I reached out to one of my communities, a WhatsApp group, just to ask, like, does anyone know how to get access to a podcast? Um, And I was like, my podcast editor's, you know, going through some stuff and um, I can't get a hold of her. And it was really interesting, the response that came back. No one helped me with how you could possibly get (laughs) logins, which was the question. Everyone was just like, oh my God, like, I had, that's happened to me before. And mm-hmm. have you thought about taking legal action? And like, uh, it was just really interesting mm-hmm. to just hear everybody's response. And I was like, no, everybody, you're missing the point. Like I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm really, really good. And it, it just, I think the whole experience for me just showed me that what's more important to me in this life is my relationships and my connections with people and the energetic exchange. Like I don't really, it doesn't matter. Like this pod, like whatever this business stuff or podcast or editing or whatever, it doesn't matter. Like what matters is, are you okay? And I love you and I'm here when you're ready. And it taught Mm. me just, I'm proud of myself to be honest. And like really love that, um, 
I'm proud of the work that I've done, that my intuition is so strong that Mm. I can just stay clear on something irrespective of like other people's ideas or opinions or whatever. And also just how much I knew what was up with you and just to trust that we would get this back on track exactly when the time was right. Mm -hmm. And I'm also kind of grateful in a way for my own, a little bit of space for myself. Um, And we were joking about this the other day when we were chatting on the phone, but like, you know, everyone was probably getting a bit sick of hearing about my breakup <laughs> last year that continued to be revisited and rehashed because it was so fucking traumatic for me. Um, and, you know, I've had like some space in between. It's just nice for me to come back and be like, oh, I don't need or want to talk about that anymore. Like I'm mm. freed of that energy and all of the healing work I've done. And it was a lot you know, that was mm. really, and I mean, I, I still do have my moments, but ultimately, you know, that was a really dramatic and traumatic relationship and ending. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was a lot during the relationship that was bringing up and dredging up all of this childhood trauma and inner work that I needed to do, which I'm so grateful for the relationship. And once I'd moved through that, I realized that there was a whole bunch of new trauma that had been created in that relationship that also Mm. needed to be healed. Um, So it was quite a journey, but, you know, since, um, since last year, I've been back to Saltara for another ayahuasca retreat. Mm -hmm. I've also done a bunch of other work, some other plant ceremony, like psilocybin ceremonies. And I just did my first ketamine ceremony recently as well. While we've been in this, yeah, while we've been in this lockdown, I think I'm like seven ceremonies deep at this point, (laughs) which has been amazing. I've just been doing a lot of inner work and I've come to a place now, um, which like the ceremony I had last Sunday, I was just flooded with beautiful childhood memories, stuff that Mm. I had suppressed that I didn't remember that I didn't know about. I remembered like, I remembered before my sister was born, my sister's two uh, two years younger than me. I had memories of the bonding time that I had with my mom and my dad and my grandparents before she was born. I had memories of when she came and she was my doll, my little doll. And I had memories Mm. of, I had memories of breastfeeding like how fucking mm. wild is that? I had memories of like, it's crazy. I know like the smell of my Nana's skin and my Papa's mm. like whisker, whiskers and like all these like beautiful, really physical and memories. And what came to me was like with all the healing work that I've done and I had to spend all this time in the fucking darkness, in the trenches, in the pits of hell to get through all of that and heal it. And, you know, there's always work to be done, but I'm in a place Mm -hmm. now, particularly with a lot of my childhood stuff where after all of that healing work, the space opened up for me to actually welcome back the goodness of my childhood, the goodness of, Mm -hmm. of my upbringing in my life. And that was just, it was really profound. Um, Mm. I don't know how I got here in our conversation, (laughs) but. (laughs) I don't know either, but it's so special. Just from what I know of your childhood, it's so it feels so special to hear you talk about it in such a loving way. Yeah, it was beautiful. Um, and I loved that poem that you wrote and posted the other day as well. Oh, so thank nice. you. But I also, I also want to go back and just say, just thank you for taking the. I don't, I don't know what route to call it, but not the typical business route of sending a, a law. I don't know. <laughs> Give me the logins. <laughs> 
Um, well, it's really fascinating because it's just, I feel like I'm so aligned with my own energy and my own intuition now. And this has been like really intense work the last few years to get to a point where I'm just not investing. I, I know who's on my vibration and who's not. And therefore I can trust. Mm, Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't, absolutely. it's really amazing. It's so nice. I think that's, I mean, well, that's the only people I want to do work with. And I think more and more people mm-hmm. are opening up to that side. I think particularly during this little lockdown we're all in and we're all very introspective and doing a lot of work, I think it's going to be really interesting what comes out mm-hmm. on the other side, assuming there is an another side. Mm-hmm. Totally. I'm so, I just got goosebumps then. Like I really, I feel like there's a big energetic realignment happening and I'm getting clearer and clearer on everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm working on, everything that I'm bringing to life. And it's been just a really beautiful time for me to stay with myself and really not tap into any of the collective. And I have in a few moments over the past month, there's been like, you know, a morning or an afternoon here or there where something's gotten through the filter and I've read it or heard Mm. it or listened to it. And I just, and I just do the work to come back to center because I'm like my, I get to choose my experience and like really sitting here right now, my experience is great. The sun's streaming in the window. Mm -hmm. I'm at my home in Colorado. It's cozy. Like I, there's no point in me tapping into that collective fear and worrying about it. It's fascinating for me because I think, man, imagine if this happened a year ago, like I probably would have been, (laughs) I don't even know, like I was not in a good place. (laughs) So I'm like grateful for the amount of, for the timing, the divine timing of this, that I've done a lot of work. Me too, actually. That's a really good point. (laughs) Yeah. Even just the fact that I'm still at my parents' house and my brother and his girlfriend have moved in as well. So I'm very like going between those feelings of, oh my God, I'm 16 and like everything's crazy. (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm stressed to just being like, no, sit in the gratitude. How wonderful that we get this opportunity to connect as a family on such a long term basis. It's not just like Christmas day and then we all say goodbye. We sit down for dinner every night and have these conversations <sighs> and some nights like a couple of nights ago we've, we've all been like really high strung lately our our family dog is not doing well and we're all upset about it mm-hmm. but a couple of nights ago at dinner mum Georgie and I were, we, we all just started crying and we're, we did start talking about um, coronavirus a little bit we've been trying to limit it in our house and my brother is there and he's a very, very typically masculine, logical, like, the reality is we might not ever get a vaccine. And mum and Georgie and I, like, were crying, crying. Like, <laughs> but it's so, like, imagine being a mother and not being able to go to mother's group. Like, we're all sobbing. Dad's there just in silence. But isn't it fascinating <laughs> that we do that? Like, imagine, but it's like, why? That's not, I'm not a mother right now. I'm missing out on mother's yeah. group. So I might just chill the fuck out on that. True. But just. <laughs> Just the experience of just being to like, I don't know, just have these conversations, which we usually wouldn't do. It's beautiful. And even dad who loves the news and like when I get up in the morning, the news will be on at 7pm, the news is on. Like even he, the last couple of weeks has not been putting it on and we've just been playing music and just like sitting around, reading books. We've been doing lots of cooking. I'm just 
so grateful and just staying in that happy place (sighs) and even when it is hard it's like what a beautiful opportunity for me to try and implement a boundary right now that I couldn't do when I was 16 and now I get to kind of redo it and it's it's really nice oh it's amazing it's that's incredibly Mm. healing I'm sure there's going to be so much transformation that comes out of it yeah I mean yeah I'm in a really beautiful experience my end where I decided to quarantine with a guy that um I really just connected with like Mm. only a week before we all decided to go into isolation and we've known each other for about a year but not well at all just like in passing and we went to a plant medicine ceremony in Minnesota and connected and Mm. I don't know it was just so much divine timing that brought us together I was going to Austin he lives in Austin Mm. and um a week later and it was it was really like on my way down and and when I got there that we kind of started to understand that we were all going to have to go into isolation Mm -hmm. and there was just a really beautiful energetic connection and pull between us and we had a great, we caught up and had a great kind of first date and all of that sort of stuff. And I mean, we'd been talking all week and we just knew it was there. And then Mm. we were like, so what do you want to do? Like we'd kind of been joking about quarantining together and we're like, so what do you want to do? Like I was in Austin with my car and I'm like, I I wanted to hang out in Austin for a few weeks anyway, but the reasons that I was meant to be there were kind of canceling in front of my eyes. Like there was a conference Mm -hmm. and another thing and it was all falling apart. And I was like, well, I'm either going to get an Airbnb or, you know, we're going to stay here. And he's like, no, I want you to stay here. I'm like, all right, let's do this. Wow. So we've been quarantining together and it's been absolutely amazing. He's super conscious. Mm. He's super connected. He's beautiful. I'm madly in love with him, but it's mm. like just a gift and it's easy and it's expansive energy. And, you know, there's been moments where I've been like, oh my God, like, is this too fast or, you know, get in my head about it. And then I'm like, well, who knows? It is what it is. And we're not really living in, uh, we're not living through something that we've ever lived through before. And Mm -hmm. the truth is it feels good. I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to be with another human, someone I can be physically affectionate with. And Mm. he has a dog, which is also Mm. a beautiful gift. And I'm just like, let's just take the gift for what it is because it's fucking phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And he wants to do all the ceremonies and read all the oracle cards and hang out with all the crystals. So it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's really great. (laughs) I I do, I do miss my, my girl time. Um, Mm. I've got some girlfriends coming down who have also been in isolation for a month Mm. um, coming down from Utah this weekend. So that's going to be really nice to mm, get some female love around me. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Like I, I was joking the other day, I feel like I need to go to a women's circle just to process the feelings of not being able to go to a women's circle. Like, <laughs> we come out and go to go to ceremony to work through the trauma of not going to exactly, ceremony. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think how special any, I mean, couples or if you're alone, like if you're willing to do a bit of work right now, it's such an amazing chance to do oh. so. I am doing so much work and it is amazing. Like I'm just loving it. I'm like, thankfully I'm quarantined with someone who loves to do the inner work as well. So we're just like diving in and holding space for each other <laughs> and it's fucking so beautiful. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, I'm, I'm working on my business, which I'm super in love with and excited mm. about. And I mean, Grow My Team is, we're in remote staffing. So we're very well positioned for the long-term outcomes of 
all of this because everyone's now experiencing remote work. So obviously that really, really excites me Mm. and my team are amazing and we're a team of women. So I get my love every week when we have our weekly meeting and I get to say hi to Mm. everyone, which is so nice. But um, yeah, I'm doing my actual work work and then I'm doing my inner work and I'm like, it's really like, it's the feelings that I had this past week a lot were just like, it is actually the only work that matters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like nothing else really actually matters. Like totally. it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I thought that the inner work for a while, I thought it was a bit selfish or something. Like why does it matter so that I can be a better person? Like who cares? But I realized my healing heals others. Mm-hmm. My light brings light to others. My integration of shadow helps others integrate shadow. Like there is everything that we do has a ripple effect on humanity that is so much more profound than, you know, the other work that we do. I mean, I like to absolutely think that my, my professional work also has a positive effect and impact on the community. And I know I always work on things that I feel are making the world better and all of that, but, you know, seeing how, when I heal myself, my relationships improve Mm -hmm. and they're so amazing and rich and fulfilling and they're at levels that they wouldn't have ever been at without doing this work Mm -hmm. and connecting with other people that are doing that and then it just expands and grows it's like oh wow it's amazing and also it is all connected business as well like the more the more that you work on yourself the better your business is going to be i i think i don't think you can really separate that Uh, absolutely Mm. i i was talking with a girlfriend this morning or yesterday morning about how much like the inner work has helped me as a leader has helped me in my business and all of this sharing through this in my truth podcast and everything has also helped me become a much more transparent leader, mm-hmm. somebody who's much more real. And I think that's what people want now. I know it's what mm-hmm. I want. I just want the truth and the transparency and the, totally. I can feel it anyway. So let's just be in alignment <laughs> or move away. Like mm. I just, it doesn't need to be so much friction in life. And I think that truth and transparency is the only way toward that freedom and liberation. Absolutely. Well, I, I actually think that is something I'm struggling with right now as well. I feel like now that I am getting to the other side of the darkness, I'm like, I so truly believe that I have so much to offer people about what I've gone through, but it's, I, I'm now at the point of what do I do with it? yeah sharing on Instagram writing a blog whatever that's one thing but it feels like sometimes it just feels like I'm meant for so much more than where I currently am and Mm. and I know it will all happen in time and everything but I'm totally one of those people who just I want it now and I want to know (laughs) the path and I don't want to look back and then be able to connect the dots I just want to know now Mm -hmm. so that's something I'm struggling with that balance of do the work take the action and also surrender and let it come as it comes Mm. and I also think a practice for me has become like sitting in that discomfort like wherever in my life Mm. I'm feeling discomfort or resistance like stay with it because there are gifts there so the discomfort for you right now is like I want to know and I want to like do and I want to be and I want to help and I want to like expand Mm. and all of that, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. So like sitting with the, I don't know how and the feelings and the, and everything that comes up with that 
and finding out like why, why am I in such a rush? Mm. Like what is that in me? Um, I just feel like Mm. we can get curious with ourselves in so many ways and it starts Mm -hmm. to like loosen the, the grip and then we get more into flow state. And I think that's where the magic is when we're in flow for me anyway. And I, I really connected with the feminine energy and the flow state after my first ayahuasca experience, which was in May last year. And I connected to it so Mm -hmm. hard that I like, I was rejecting the masculine. And then a big part of my journey in January back to Soltara um, was healing the toxic masculine. And I feel like, Mm. you know, I've come Mm. into a good balance of healed feminine and healed masculine, but I'm actually also at a place now where I'm really enjoying the flow and I don't feel as though I need a lot of the masculine. I can, I can bring it momentarily, but um, I don't know. I, I keep surrendering back into this flow state and I notice sometimes the masculine can put me into a bit more of an overdrive or, and which can lead to overwhelm sometimes as well. Um, and every time I get a little bit overwhelmed, I'm just like, let's just, what do I want to most do right now? And right now it could be write a post or it could be lie on the couch or it could be record a podcast or it could be do a financial Mm -hmm. forecast. Like I don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but really trying to connect with the moment because, you know, all these cliches that are so true, but all we have is a present moment. So how can I use my gifts to the best of my ability right now? Like just right now, Mm -hmm. like how can I, and I, I spent, I want to write about this actually, because I spent a lot of 2018 Mm. when I was in the thick of my, I think, you know, it was 2018 where I was, I had my breakdown in October, had, I I experienced Mm -hmm. a breakdown in October. Um, (laughs) and I spent a lot of that year contemplating potential and how we reach our potential. Um, and I, a lot of my thoughts were around how can I do more, be more, I need to create more lists, have more discipline, have more structure, And what I'm starting to Mm -hmm. really understand now after this process, which fucking took like a long time. So I understand (laughs) your frustration where you just want to get there. (laughs) What I'm understanding about our true potential right now is like, it is in the moment. Like how can I show up most fully right now with you on this podcast? That is my fullest Mm -hmm. potential right now and bring my truth, Mm -hmm. bring my wholeness, bring everything to this moment. Um, And that way I just naturally, my energy starts to expand into what my fullest potential is. Um, Mm -hmm. My fullest potential is my most truth, my most alignment, my most like being as much being myself as I am, being as close to my soul, who my soul is, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just trusting that whoever needs to hear the podcast will find it and in the timing that they need to and all those things. Like I know (laughs) this ketamine ceremony I did. Sorry. This ketamine ceremony I did on Sunday night. I just, I just connected with like the, all the souls connections, like all Mm. of us, like you and Freya and like Pam and Mm, all these different, my friends, Hallie and Brooklyn and Adrian and Anna and all these amazing people that are in my life. It was like, I could feel their souls and their energies there. And just the, the nothing but love between Mm. us all, but the divinity of the interconnectedness of that web. And I was like, Whoa, like when you are in alignment energetically and vibrationally with Mm. yourself then you attract all of that and you just see it's like all Mm -hmm. perfect 
That sounds so beautiful. beautiful. I wouldn't have thought ketamine would <laughs> bring that on. <laughs> oh, a small dose. Very I've small never, dose. Oh, That's the first time I've ever done it. I've never done it in a party context. So, But I had this other realisation when I was in my ceremony about um, I was thinking about how nice it is to experience drugs or as medicine and the experience that I have now mm, where I go in mm-hmm. with intention and I look at it. The first time I look at it as like building a relationship with that medicine, like understanding and doing a little bit of a dance and Mm. understanding like how can we work Mm -hmm. together. And so in my ceremony, I I took a small dose and and spent that first, it lasts about 45 minutes. I spent that first 45 minutes just feeling it out, Mm. dealing, working through my own anxieties and resistance to it understanding, you know, what it was and what it can and can't do and how it made me feel. And then I came out of it and I sat with it and I was like, okay, I kind of understand it. So now I'll, I'll go in again. So I had another dose and meditated for the whole 45 minutes. And that's when I had that really profound experience. Wow. And now I feel like I'm, I'm building a relationship. I've just made the first kind of step with this medicine that will be, I will be able to use. And my, my uh, sense of it right now, my very, very new sense of it is that you know, I can use it for deep work quite quickly. You know, if I'm doing mushrooms or ayahuasca, I'm in for, it could be five hours. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas this kind of experience is something that could be really just an hour ceremony, an hour long ceremony in and out to work with clear intention on something in my life. And, And I kind of understand how what the set and setting would look like and how I would get the most out of it. So it's been really amazing to think about medicine in that way. Um, and I thought about how ceremony is where it has an opening, a middle and a close. It sort of seems to come a natural arc Mm. and ceremony and ritual Mm -hmm. is really not happening in our lives anymore, you know, and Mm -hmm. in many cases we've replaced it with this party. And, but what is the party? The party is we don't want it to end. So we go, we start, and then we go, 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 go. And I know my my party days were were and, and may well be again. I don't know. I'm not saying I'll never party again. <laughs> God knows I've got a shadow. Um, <laughs> but my partying is like pretty much going until I don't even really remember going to bed a lot of the time. Um, mm. So there's no like honouring of the arc of the experience, um, which is what I thought because ceremony can still be celebratory it doesn't have to be serious necessarily um oh, totally but, yeah, yeah. Mm, that's something i definitely want to explore more because like doing what well, anything consciously but like exploring drugs in a conscious way because i'm actually today nine months sober mm-hmm. so i'm very like I mean, I I hope I will be able to drink again, and especially because wine in particular is a huge part of my family, and my brother's a winemaker, and always having a glass of wine. So I hope I will one day be able to enjoy that. But it got to the point for me of like just not being in control at all, not doing it in a conscious way, using it as a band aid on what I was feeling instead of mm-hmm. working on how I was feeling. Um. So, yes, I do. I would like to explore, I don't know, plant medicine or something in the future. So it's really nice to hear hear your stories and experiences of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the plant medicine has really 
helped me work on my relationship with alcohol because I also, mm. you know, really used alcohol to escape, to numb, um, yeah. all of that. And, you know, not every time, but a large majority of the times I drank, there was a huge escaping and numbing kind of factor that I could justify, justify away. But the truth was like, that was what was going on. And I also, um, you know, realized that I had a lot of shame around it. Like I, I couldn't have a glass of wine without waking up the next day and thinking, feeling bad about myself and feeling guilty. So there was just a lot tied up in it. And there was a lot of layers for me to unpack, but I think it was, um, the start of January, like January, 2019, I set a bit of a resolution or a goal to just try to understand my relationship with alcohol better. Mm -hmm. I was tired of setting the goals to never drink again. Mm -hmm. And the very military discipline approach. Cause I was like, well, unless I get to the core of this issue, whatever the issue is with this, with this relationship with it, it's not like that'll hold up for as long until I break. Like some, the straw will break the camel's back at some point. Mm -hmm. It may or may not, but I'll also be fighting it the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Like I'll be, in resistance to it forever. If I purely just try to change my behavior versus trying to understand the relationship and the core of the issue. And the first part I think came after I did ayahuasca the first time where I was a lot more deeply connected with self. I'd done a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. I felt less need to escape. Um, and I didn't drink for, I think like five months or something after that. And then it got to the point where I was like, am I going to drink or not? And then I started the dance with alcohol again, but you know, I would notice the old patterns and behaviors still kicking in, not as often, but they were still there. And, um, I, I went, did I again in January, as I said, and then coming out of that, I started microdosing psilocybin again in Feb. And mm. I find that, um, to be, you know, I just do like once every three days usually, but I, I did it one day and then I had a therapy session and I don't know, something just opened up in me. I, I guess I was ready to see more about this whole picture, mm. another layer. And it happened to be in therapy with my therapist and it was morning, which I just remember that I'd had my microdose. I'd gone to yoga and I jumped straight on my therapy and somehow we just dove into it. And I was trying to reflect on how I was still using alcohol, like in what scenarios was I, because I definitely wasn't using it anywhere near, you know, what I had been years ago. And I realized that, um, I was using it a lot for connection, you know, for, for deep connection, mm -hmm. because I love to go deep. I love to talk deep. Mm -hmm. I love to dive into Same. things as we know. And for mm -hmm. a lot of people, maybe once for me, I needed alcohol to open up not anymore. You know, now I yes, record a podcast same. where I tell everybody <laughs> everything that's going on. Um, but I realized that I wanted these other people in my life to go deep with me and to open up. And what I recognize is that I do have people where we can people like yourself, mm. other friends where we just dive in and it's fine. But I realize there's a lot of people in my life still that are not necessarily on that path. And I want to know them more. I want to like get in there and they're the people that I would tend to be like, Oh, I'm going to drink tonight. Mm. And it was a subconscious thing where I was like, I want connection. And we dove into my childhood and what alcohol was in my household. And there was like a bunch of other stuff that, that came up, but I basically, I like unstuck all of that. And I was like, wow, like that's really what a lot of it is about. And, and ever since then I haven't like even gotten drunk. Like, and I drink, I drink mm. now, like I drink yeah. wine here and there and I haven't felt mm -hmm. guilty once mm. since. 
and I have no pull to it really. Um, Like sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, I'd like a glass of wine while I'm cooking tonight or whatever. Um, But I'm not drinking very often, but when I do, it's, there's no, it doesn't have this same connotation with it. Like I've healed the core negativity Mm. that I felt, the shame, the guilt um, that came from a lot of the stuff in my childhood. And, and then I've understood why I was using it now after healing the first level layers of shame, which was the escaping and the numbing. So, I mean, my, I'm sure, and there, there could be more, I don't know, but my point is, you know, I think when we continue to dig deeper and peel back layers, we truly get liberation from whatever that thing is that we're looking for. Yes. Yeah. The connection piece is so interesting. I think so many people drink just, just to have those conversations. And if it gets weird or whatever, it's like, Oh, I didn't mean it. I was drunk. I was just drunk. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Cause I'm like, I actually enjoy going to clubs at 1am when everyone's already drunk so I can just go and feel like I'm free and I can dance and say whatever I want to anyone but I would like to bring that into yeah. my everyday life yep. a little bit more too yeah it's amazing mm. it's amazing well I wish you well on that and I know you'll get there thank you so much Zoe for joining me today thank I you. love you dearly I love you too I hope I also like even after this whole thing I'm like Oh, am I valuable enough to be on this podcast? Yes. Am I going to give worth <laughs> to anyone listening? Does anybody care? Isn't it fascinating how we all have it's these so stories? I think this has been mm-hmm. a really fantastic episode. I think we've talked about a lot of great stuff and I know a lot of people mm. will resonate with it. And I thank you so much for coming on and being so vulnerable and sharing. And it's been beautiful. You are beautiful. No, thank you. Thank you for creating this space. I think it's it's doing a lot of good for a lot of people and I'm so grateful to be involved. I love you, babe. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of In My Truth. You can find the show notes on my website under the tab podcast or sarahregelhuth.com forward slash In My Truth podcast. To stay updated on all of our episodes, subscribe to the podcast in your favorite podcasting app. We cover some pretty intense stuff in our episodes. So if anything is coming up for you, please don't be afraid to reach out for help. In the show notes of every episode, you'll find a list of resources, but good friend Google will always be able to help you depending on where you're located in the world. Remember, you're not alone and there is hope, even though it may not feel that way at times. Talk to someone, a friend or family member and let them support you. Reach out to a professional, do whatever you need to start your journey back to feeling good. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, either publicly or anonymously, head to my website and book in. Once again, it's sarahregelhook.com forward slash in my truth podcast. Thanks again for being here.